Welcome back to Between Takes with Opal Entertainment. I'm Aiden Driscoll. And I'm Olivia O'Neill. And today, we're going to talk about whether or not stories need to be relatable to be good. We'll talk about some of our favorite stories and why we like them and if they are relatable. And some of our least favorite stories and why we don't like them and if they are not relatable. So, that's pretty much the sum of it all. So enjoy this week's episode of... Between Takes. Hey Liv, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Welcome good. back, everybody. Thanks. Welcome back, Aiden. Thanks. So happy to see you. Yeah. Um. All of a sudden, just now, I started craving baklava. What's you that? Ever, you ever had? You never had baklava? Mm-mm. You know what phyllo dough is? No. You know what spanakopita is? No, I. You probably can assume I do not know. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> to find something. Well, phyllo dough is like this really, really thin, like thinner than paper dough okay. that you like lay down in layers, and then you add like this uh, walnut and cinnamon mixture and like honey and all that and you like sprinkle that over the phyllo dough and then you do okay. another layer of phyllo dough and then another layer of the walnut stuff and then another so it's like all this this stacked layers of, of phyllo dough and there's like walnuts and honey and stuff like that and then you drizzle this like really nice like honey sauce over the whole top and then you bake it so then it's like this really it's just like really a super super crispy pastry that's <clears> baklava it's baklava yes. okay kobita is phyllo dough with like a spanish or a spinach like cream Oh, savory. You know, like spinach puffs mm-hmm. from Impression Groove? Spinach puffs are basically the South American, the Aztec form oh. of Spanish copita. Nice. Do you that remember? sounds great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Um, do you have anything you want to share with folks as we get into things? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, right off the bat, I'll give my quick little, as is the regular segment where I tell, talk about um, whatever I'm obsessing about recently. Uh, over the past day or so, it's been Chasing Pavements by Adele. Oh, yeah? That's a song I've been huh. listening to over and over. I guess over. I shouldn't be surprised. I, I can hear you singing yeah, it over singing that song a lot. And then every, <laughs> like every time there's a lull in the conversation, I'll go, hey, so Liv, should I, I give up or should I just keep chasing pavements? It's a pretty good, a, st- pretty good song. Yeah. Do you know like how um, like in her realm of, in her career, in her career mm-hmm. what song has been the most like immediately topped? Does that make sense? Like, like that mo- that caught traction? Yeah. I mean, Hello was the leading single off of 25. Yeah, but that was like later. I just yeah. wonder if like, I feel like Chasing Pavements is like one of the like, people think of Adele, that's like one of the songs. Chasing Pavements of. and Daydreamer were the ones that I knew of right. early, early on. I would just be interested to know like the actual stats of like, do you want to, Do you want to look it up right now? I was maybe going to. Okay. No, and then, I won't. Okay out on my own time but and then some i mean i think like rolling in the deep someone like you set fire to the rain were all pretty top singles off of 21 yeah i'm not totally sure yeah i think she got recognized she was kind of a so-called traditionally successful artist where she kind of got discovered before she had done anything really she mm. kind of just happened to be in the right place right time with like industry people where okay. they signed her and made a record with her which was 19, which is the first one. Oh, okay. I think. I'm totally <laughs> positive, but I think. Um, anyway, and then the other one that I've been listening to over and over is Mr. Blue by Catherine Feeney. That's really good. Which is I a heard that great one. song. It's I had been listening to it on repeat um, with my headphones on for like the past two hours, and Liv and I were doing different work on stuff, and then at one point we're working together. And I was like, hey, Liv, you want to listen to the song? And I put it on, and I don't think she was really paying attention, but as soon as the mandolin comes in, like two lines in, she like looks up and is all like, what is this? And <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It's a great song. I'd recommend it. It's great. Back to Adele. She has oh. like a residency performer, whatever, in Las Vegas now. Is that so? Where she plays every week. Speaking of Las Vegas, 
Shania Twain performed what song is that? Um, you're still the one. You're still the one on a horse in Las Vegas. So if anyone's looking for anything, yeah, if anyone's video. looking for that, just look up Shania Twain. You're still the one. Last also, Vegas. Marcus Mumford is going to be releasing a solo self-titled. Well, it's called self-titled, but yeah, solo album. Yeah, in September. It's a day after my birthday. I'm so excited. September. Did you listen to Grace yet? Um, uh, no. I think it might. No, I didn't. Okay, that's a second. There's thing. a video too, I believe. Yeah, I haven't seen the video. So I'm not sure. It's not like I I can't tell if I'm gonna like it or not. Yeah. I think I, I will. think I will. The I'm gonna be able to go see him at the um, the Ryman. The Ryman. Yeah, you're pretty stoked. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. If anyone, um, the Ryman is in Nashville, and it was basically the Grand Ole Opry. For it was the first Grand Ole Opry, right? And then they got too popular and big, and they had to move to the big old Grand Ole. Right. <laughs> so now it's kind Hence of the grand, right? <laughs> um, so it's kind of like a historic. But it's very um, intimate venue, mm-hmm. so it's it used very to be a church close. Way back in the day, didn't it? I don't know about that. I didn't know that. That's cool though. I think so. Yeah, I know one of my coworkers and has seen many, many shows there, and it said like they barely need sound. And it's just, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It looks crazy. I'm looks so excited. Fun. Like we're technically like in the back row, cheaper seats, but you st- and like up on the balcony, mm-hmm. but you can still see the stage like right there. And a lot of people say. The balcony is actually better seating because there's pillars. It's mm, like old buildings mm. and they have pillars. So if you're down below and you're in the back, that's uh, going to even be worse than if you're in the balcony. You can't see as well. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. So, well, anyway. good for you. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let everyone, I'll update everyone on that. Yes. We've got a couple of months. In case, you, but yeah. in case you're just dying to know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good album. I think it'll be. In certain parts of it, sounds kind of similar to Delta. Like mm-hmm. the first Cannibal was the first single. It starts the out as very, being, very chill, yeah. and, and then the way his voice is doubled is a little bit different. But it's also like I, there's some similar Delta things, and then the like breakdown, like at the very yes. end. I kept I was waiting for that moment in the song. I felt like the I second know, chorus, I and I was like, before. "Oh, it's gonna hit there." I was like, "Well, maybe it won't." And then it hit all of a sudden, and I was like, "There it is." It kind of scares you. Yeah, I, I was. It yeah. shocked me, but it's so good. Um, I think we'll get to see like. Well, I don't know the writing process of his with Mumford and Sons, but yeah. I do think we're going to see like more his side of the, like yeah. his story and like whatever and his thoughts and stuff. So. I know when they were recording Delta, they had like 40 half finished songs that they wow. went into the studio with, which is kind of crazy. And then they said they talked about the, the campfire test, which is if you can because they wrote a lot of it together, all mm. of them. And so if you can take it and just have like one guitar, if it's basically the group sitting around a campfire with one guitar singing, is it still a good song? Yeah. And then like if it passes I suppose that, you can't do that like, with every band in every genre. No, not But I think for them, that probably was a great yeah. thing. Especially because that's how like they started was just. Yeah. And I think that's why we like Delta so much is because even though it is like more produced than their other things, you still have that sense of yeah. like. Um, There's a very raw yeah. nature to it. So, so that was a great idea for them. Yeah. It does make me think we are, we write songs and we're like, oh, that's another one we have to add to the album. And then we end up like going to get like a 24. Yeah. But it's like, no, we can write a song and be like, nope. Or we could mm-hmm. write a new song and have a song that we've thought would be on the album for two years and be right. like, see ya, which right. would be really like hard. Right. But I think. Or maybe then that song becomes the kind of the ground, the foundation of the next album. Yeah. Or, or a single yeah. or right. another project. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But. I mean, if you think about, like, 
yeah, artists. I think there's so many. Like, think of all the unfinished work of all of it. I don't have the brain capacity for that. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, Harmon was just talking last week about Mm -hmm. um, Lana Del Rey's like unreleased stuff, and that's like her favorite of any of her work, which is cool. Anyway, I listened to May Jailer. I think I told you this, but some folks at home. Uh, I listened to May Jailer, and the first thing I thought was, "Man, she sounds like Harmon." Um, have you told cool. Harmon yet? I have not. I okay. won't remember to do you that should, before because... this comes out. Oh, I don't yeah. think Harmon's a fan of the show, though. I oh, don't no. think she's going to tune back she was in just, and listen. She was on one episode, and then it was yeah, like, and then she's yeah. out. I mean, <laughs> she doesn't have time for us. <laughs> um, Harmon, if you're listening, I'm sorry I made those assumptions about you. But if you're not, I was right. I'm willing to take that risk. Interesting. So, um, you ready to jump into it? Yeah, what do you, what got you got? A, got a big question. So this is a question that I was talking to Chuck yesterday, my little brother. Um, we're just chatting away about this and that and, and all that jazz. And he asked me, do you have to relate to the characters in a story for it to be a good story? Do you have to be like, oh, I, I've been in that situation or like put yourself in that situation for it to be good? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Can a story still be good even if you don't relate to the relate right, to it? Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. I think so. Short answer. Okay. Uh, should I go to the long answer since yeah. we have about like you know an hour right. left? Right. It was. So, <laughs> yes. Do you want me to talk first, or you have yeah. ideas? Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I think stories, even though they follow different things, we are humans are creatures of like patterns and like um algorithms and things like that right so i i do think that stories hold lots of symbols and like the same symbols either like having a christ figure or a i mean even just i mean stories usually emulate life which is like good times conflict right and then a resolution which is ultimately like what we as humans go through we have good times we have bad times and then we go to heaven or whatever Things like that. Uh, because of that, I think stories can immediately be connected to you even if you haven't gone through the experience of the character. Yeah. That's what I found is mm-hmm. like a character will ha- go through something that I have never, ever been part of a situation. Like I don't even have an example. Um, I don't know. I'll talk about like my favorite book, Wild Birds of Kalevi. Kill- I don't know how to say it. Kalevini. No. Okay. I think it's Kalevi. Little girl, um, I've talked about yeah, this you before. Can't relate to that, can you? <laughs> I don't know. Joke. Keep going. Sorry. She lives in Ireland. It's like mm-hmm. the 1800s, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets kidnapped by gypsies and is mm-hmm. g- I was on all these adventures. Finally, nothing like terrible is happening to her. She just mm-hmm. it's like an adventure story. And then this other character, who is like her brother figure, mm-hmm. goes up and finds her and stuff. And I'm relating to both of them. And mm-hmm. I, when they were going through stuff, I'm scared and sad. And mm-hmm. when they're happy, I'm happy. And mm-hmm. But I, I'm not anything like, like I live in 2022 yeah. in Minnesota or Tennessee, I guess now. Yeah. So. So even though like you haven't had experiences like that, would you say you're at all similar in personality to either of them? Maybe my, you know, I think we are compl- like complicated in that we have parts of us that come out more in different areas of life or whatever so in one sense yes i think i'm like the adventurous little girl sure 
And in one sense, I think I am like the person mm-hmm. on the quest trying to find her and save her. Right. Um, I also think I might be more like, um, I, I've tended to be kind of uh, empathetic, I suppose. Right. Or sympathetic. I don't know what the word is. Where when other people feel emotion and things, then right. I also can feel it. So even when I'm reading I, a story or watching a story, that's I'm feeling that. So right. I'm relating, even though I it, I don't know if that would be the word to use. Relating relate, to? Mm-hmm. yeah. But at least I'm empathizing with them. I can mm. feel that emotion. Um, and that's why I like stories. Yeah. I think I probably don't read a lot of stories where I'm like, that's me. That's me right there. Yeah. Necessarily. Like consciously anyway. Right. I think the the stories that I've heard where I do have the moments where I am consciously thinking that's me is the worst of me. Is in in scenes of the little prince where I'm like, oh, that's me. The the bad guys. Or Dead Poet Society or, or Sweeney Todd where... I, it's revealing the worst sides of me. Interesting. I do not. I do not think of things like that. That's because you're very self-conceited, and oh. you don't really think about your flaws at all. Okay. <laughs> you're supposed Ouch. to go burn. I think <laughs> like that. Maybe it's just because um. Because I'm more you're self-deprecating. Negative. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Um. Well, I was thinking, in terms of creating stories, because I hear a lot of musicians and filmmakers and and authors talking about you know this has to be relatable and people need to understand you know they need to relate to it or whatever and i think that's fine but i don't think you have to a couple things i don't think you have to be consciously aware 100 percent of the time throughout the creative process like this has to be relatable to people because for one thing i don't think anything can be universally relatable sure so that's one thing that i think i think also all stories, I think it's inevitable that all stories will reveal some element of truth within them. Good stories. Yes. Hopefully. I would think all stories. I mean, I would make you would. that definitive statement. Yes. I would, I would, I guess out when I think, when I think of that, I think of like, when you say all stories, I think of like the new Disney shows on TV for kids. Mm. And I don't think that there's much good in those. Good isn't this, truth and good aren't necessarily truth the in same. In them. I, and I, I, I and would you do. S- well, good point. Um, Sorry, that's just why I would hesitate right. to say like, but but I do I do know what you mean because I would also, I I understand your argument of like, truth comes through and stories are innately right divine. I suppose I just so, the yeah. the the structure of how right. they go. So I I and that's pretty much what I said earlier. So I do right. agree. I just when we when I hear it said out loud, I'm like, oh wait, what about that? Sure. Like. And I would still say, you know, I haven't seen a lot of those shows that we're thinking of, um, or any really. So I don't know the specifics, Mm. but I think even in like really poorly made movies, you know, Tall Girl or Leap, which are two of my favorite bad movies. um, (laughs) There's a Tall Girl 2 I have not seen, but I want to see it so bad. Um, But I keep waiting for it to watch it with Eamon. That was nice. And then High School Musical and Musical Series just dropped season three. So okay. I'm stoked about that. I mean, you even got a lot of content to catch up on. Um, those are bad, like horribly made, I think. Just just the acting's poor. The, the writing is terrible. The story is absolutely... Well, I mean, okay, so let me talk about Tall Girl for a second. I've never seen the film. 
it's yeah. about this girl who is bullied because she's tall. And she's not even that tall. She's like 6'2", I think. Which is like my height. Tall for a girl. Yes. I'm sure there are things. I'm sure there are things that are hard. But I, it's just like the entire school, except for like two people, are just constantly making fun of her and bullying her for being tall. And I think that doesn't happen. I know I was homeschooled. I know I... Might happen. You think? I don't know. My, Kristen. Remember Kristen? She was tall. She was like 5'11". Did she go to public school? Yeah. Did she get bullied for it? Not that I know of. If she did, she didn't let it affect her. <laughs> And I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is, is I don't know. Anyway, to me, and that, that part of my frustration with that movie is that not that it's not relatable, but it's not real. And maybe that's a distinction. Yeah. Real, a table, relatable. <laughs> that's where the word is derived from. Wow. <laughs> See? You're smart. So like Da Vinci's Last Supper, that's relatable. Real, a table, because it has a table <laughs> in it. Tall girl has okay. zero tables in the entire movie. So I'm just like, duh, I don't really get it. Um, as a joke. So maybe that's the distinction between real and relatable. I think there are, it has to be real. And that's, I think maybe go back to what, what? Please say that more. Okay. Going back to like the truth concept, right? Mm -hmm. I think every story needs truth. Maybe not every story does have truth. I think it does. At the very least, every story has capacity for truth. Might have a truth of like, this is bad. <laughs> sure. I don't know. No, I know what you mean. I I don't know. I, maybe we'd have to define what truth is. I mean, it has people. Sure. If we think it has people in it that are human and of God's design, then is that what we're saying? Or You're saying if the story has people that are God's design, <laughs> yeah. in which case all stories are true. Right. Or something, you know. Right. If that's what we're going off of, if we're going off of like the quote unquote like message of what it's saying, it might not be like a truth. Well, yeah, that and, is I guess, like, and I think that's the distinction. But I think that's not what we're talking about, right? right? We're I don't talking think, about structure more, right? I don't think message is is whether or not the message is true and something you should live your life by. I think that's a different discussion. Yeah. And so I would. That's what I was saying. Is is even tall girl? I think has true. Maybe it doesn't. I'm trying to think of an example. Maybe not all stories do have truth in them. Maybe we're thinking more along the lines of stories that follow, like, what's that one person that we studied? Northrop Fry? Yeah. Follow that story structure, that kind of, like... Right. Where it has protagonists that goes through conflict and mm -hmm. is redeemed or has redemption throughout the story or whatever. If it follows hmm. that, is that more what we're talking about? Maybe. Rather no, than like... Maybe. Like the... Like... I don't know. Have you seen Captain Marvel? Mm-mm. Okay. I don't like Captain Marvel because she doesn't struggle. She's the hero of the story and I never see... There's like a quick little montage right before she has a big victorious moment because they know at this point in the story, the hero needs to be partially defeated and then needs to rise back up and defeat the, the, the villain. But they've laid no seeds. So that would be the one whole first two acts of the movie to set that up, to set. So it's not, it doesn't come to me. It doesn't come out as being triumphant mm. because, and I don't like her as much because she's just little miss. Like I have everything figured out. Yes. I have the answers of all these things and I'm perfect. So that would be an example of a story that isn't relatable 
and therefore is not good. But our question at the beginning was, I'm not what sure. What was our question at the beginning? Do stories have to be relatable to be good? And I guess I don't think because it's not relatable, it's not good. Well, I don't know. That's kind of what you just said was you didn't like the movie because it wasn't relatable. No, not because it wasn't relatable because I don't feel like it, 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 it didn't follow its own structure. I thought the structure that it was setting up was a type of story where it is an, it is an underdog within her own world. And then she gets sent in, sent into a brand new world. So now she's even more out of her element. So I thought the story was going to be her overcoming these things. I was talking to Dave about this just recently where a lot of times in the stories I love, there isn't, there's an external antagonist that the hero has to defeat. But I, the, the, the main hurdle, the final hurdle they had to uh, jump over in order to finally defeat the external antagonist is something within themselves. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where Emmett has to make the choice that I need to go back and save these people. And Rango needs to make the choice that I can't walk out on my own story. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that I, I love those moments in heroes where I see them decide to die to themselves so that they can, they can for the for the good of others right right i don't know does that make sense yeah so that's like again that's like that what i would call like a typical like hero like hero's journey right sure where one of the books that i a lot of the books that i read don't or um the wild birds book Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not that doesn't really follow it doesn't have a hero's journey really it has a journey but it's not a it's more, it's a physical journey and like physical, um, limitations as far as like time and searching, but it's not like a, there's not like a inner struggle that gets sure redeemed. Right. And I guess I'm not saying there has to be that. I know. I was just kind of pointing out like the different types of stories. That might be an exception to you. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just pointing out that there are different types of stories. Mm. So to answer our question, it might be different for different types of stories. Sure. Or something. I yeah. don't know. I was just pointing yeah. out like, oh, that's, it just came to my head of like. Yeah. And I think that when you, I think going back to like the creator side of it, when you set out with a, I want to make this kind of story, a lot of the times that doesn't work quite right. Or, or maybe not that's not the right, uh, there are a lot of really bad movies that exist where you can tell they started out with, let's make this kind of movie. Okay, we have enough t- pages to fill the time. Right. There we go. Let's film it. As opposed to, is the story worth telling? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know if I had a point for that. Maybe they do. What's do? Maybe stories do have, maybe you do need to relate to it to, in order for it to be a good story. Hmm. But your question wasn't, that wasn't your question. Do do good. I don't remember exactly how you phrased said, it, but do good. Do you have to relate to the characters for it to be a good movie or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's are, not what you are, said. Are, you said did. It, you said the opposite. No. What did you say? Do you want me to stop and rewind it? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it's important to like. Um. You said I said yes to it. Right. Which is. You said. Can you still have a good movie without the characters? Without it being relatable. I don't think I phrased it like that. I think I phrased it as, do do you have to relate to the characters for it to be a good story? 
can, or or I guess you're saying the same thing. Can you tell a good story without it being relatable? I'm getting confused in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Do you want me to stop and find? No. Find or it? I don't know if that's helpful for you. I guess um, that's or why I'm confused. Let me go back. Okay. We'll be right back. Guys. Between takes. Okay, we're back. We reviewed the tapes. So how I phrased it was, do you have to relate to the characters for it to be a good story? And Liv said that, yes, you do. And then I went on to say... <laughs> Give an example yes. of a story you love that you don't relate to. <laughs> what? You're confusing me. That's what... No, yeah. what I said was... Well, they already... They literally just heard it, and now we're saying the same thing again. Right. But I said, yes, you do have to relate to the characters, but it's fairly easy because... Because you're relying. We are human and we are similar. And, and we will connect with each other. Yeah. Even if we're not sure. Going through the okay. same situation. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's what I was saying. That's just okay. a more concise way of like. That makes sense. So like, yes, you do. But it's pretty easy. So to. even though you're not Tony Stark and will probably, hopefully never be Tony Stark. I can watch can it still... and I feel like I'm part right. of it. I might not think I'm Tony Stark, but at least I feel like I'm part of sure. it. Sure. You can have compassion for him. You can have sympathy for him. Is that it? Yes, or of? I can feel like him. Sure, like sure. I'm in the story with, yeah. Right. Y- yes. Interesting. Okay, okay. Huh. So relate, maybe But then you it. said, does it have to be relatable to be a good story? So can you have a, watch a movie that you do not relate to somehow? Right. And is it still good? And I don't know if that's I, like a... Well... The examples I can possible. think of are the example I was saying earlier are the are the the worst sides of me. I watch or I listen to Sweeney Todd. I'm I oh, I'm, I feel bad that I use the same like four examples over <laughs> and over and over like the Lego Movie, Sweeney Todd, yeah. La La Land, and Ringo. Ringo, yeah. <laughs> those are my those are my literary pit- pillars. And then your bad movies are Tall Girl, Girl Leap. Leap. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll I'll broaden my horizons soon. One day. But I mean, those were the movies that just like profoundly affected the way that That's I great. view storytelling. Um, Sweeney Todd is an example of a story where I don't relate to Sweeney Todd in the sense that like, yes, I am there with you and I'm supporting you. Yeah. But I... I some of his decision making or some of his like um, feelings you can relate to. Yes. His, his initial situation, I have compassion for him. I have right, sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. And... I, I even am following his train of thought and his logic. Sure. Um, you're, you're rooting for him. You automatically are rooting for him. And you can see when he makes bad choices right. and decisions, but and, you understand where he's right. coming from. And the play doesn't present it as like, look at our heroes. We need hot. It presents it as like, look at how horrible this is. Yeah. Look at how gruesome these things are getting. Um, if no one knows what Sweeney Todd is. Well, I think a lot of people know what Sweeney oh, Todd okay. is. I didn't know what Sweeney Todd was for a long time. Yeah. You st- can you give us your impression of Sweeney Todd that you gave me the other day? What did I say? I don't remember. Oh, I'm going to make a pie. I'm going to make a pie. It's going to have a person's <laughs> head in it. And there's going to be knives. And a lot of... The movie has... Or the soundtrack has a lot of... Shing! Shing! It does? Yeah, like scissors and metal scraping each other. That's what I remember from it. I can't think of where... It has a... At the beginning, right before we're like, Well, maybe it's the violins. It's like the high pitch, like... It has that whistle thing. I mean, the strings, there are some ugly string parts. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking of. But oh, I just okay. picture, like, sure. metal on metal. Okay. I just, I got to sit down. With the, <laughs> someday we'll just listen to the soundtrack together. 
at some point in life. Okay. But um, where was he going with this? That's an ex- that, yeah. I don't relate to him in the way that I relate to Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. But I do see the worst sides of me and people throughout the story of Sweeney Todd is on one hand, this stupid, selfish, petty thing that he's trying to seek vengeance for. And at the same time, this horrible, horrific, tragic thing that happened to him that he wants justice for Mm -hmm. are simultaneously true. And there's no way to feel there's a, there's a point where I get, I, I don't think that the this play is trying to like trick you into thinking killing people's fine. Murdering, you know, turning them into pies is fine. Yeah, um, that's not what people, that's not what it, I don't think that's what you walk away with, mm-hmm. but you do get to a point where you are following Sweeney and Todd's train of thought. And, and you do think that like just the, the, the justice that he wants won't be, cathartic enough unless it goes the, to the full extent of what he wants through revenge i, I don't know that's, that's a longer thing but um i don't know it's not relatable but it is real a table he didn't sorry <laughs> no i know and you so what is that what are what is the word people at home probably are thinking like this is what we're, you're right they're describing. probably screaming and being <laughs> like this is what you're talking about <laughs> Um, send us Wikipedia articles or whatever (laughs) that you might be researching things on. Well, we're not going to change our train of thought in this. We're not, but just like, we might have a rebuttal later on. We might be like, Hey, we're going to contradict everything we said last week. That's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. I like how I said like the, whatever you're using to research things, assuming people are like doing homework along with listening to our (laughs) podcast. (laughs) They're like, Oh, Aiden and Liv are saying something. (laughs) They're theorizing about something they don't have the answers to. (laughs) Well, I will also say we have people have so much imagination. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot recently of like you can. And maybe this is just <laughs> for better or for worse. I think I do this with a lot of things. It's like, what about if it happened this way? This is what it would look like. And yeah. I can pretty much picture exactly what it would look like. And a lot of times it's the negatives. I don't think I'll yeah. be honest. <laughs> and it, that usually never happens. So, yeah. um, Anyway, because of that, we can picture if we can picture something out of nothing in our heads yeah. as something that's real and make us fe- and we can actually feel like emotion. Right. I don't know if you can have that, too, where it's like, I don't know if, I don't know if you've heard. Of I don't know. Aiden. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're just a <laughs> stoic zombie over no. there. <laughs> but the f- and then you so think of how strongly that is. Right. Like if I think of something really, really happy. Yeah. And imagine it, then I will actually feel the emotion of happiness. Right. So think of that now, but you have an actual vision, like we're talking mo- like movies right. as stories, um, a visual right. of something. Think of how much more you're going sure. to, you can like allow yourself to relate because does that, it does. But does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's the same that's I think that's why storytelling is so amazing is because like me and Marge were talking about this a little while ago about like it can trick you into into feeling things yeah. you know these these it's like playing it plays with your emotions that's right. what that's what storytellers do right yeah. is create 
That's what it's doing. So. Yeah. One of my coworkers introduced me to this guy named Martin Shaw, who's like this storyteller guy. And, but he, Martin Shaw has said like, I'm, I'm, I, I like to think of storytelling as more of a, more of like a magic trick than an artistic endeavor. <laughs> like basically what we're saying, it's, it's, it's tricking you into feeling these things, tricking you into imagining these things. Yeah. And trick and, sounds like kind of like evil. Right. Yeah. Which and so maybe what the yeah. intention is usually, right. hopefully. I but I, hope. yeah. And so I think, I think, um, I mean, I just reread The Wind in the Willows. Have you read that book? No. But I have listened to a little bit of it, but okay. mostly not really. Okay. I like that book because, like, I can smell what they're smelling. Or, like, <laughs> The Hobbit. You know how it talks about, like, what? That's why you said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can smell <laughs> what they're smelling. Well, they're just scenes where it talks about... about fro- I just think of, like, it's about frogs and stuff. No, but it? it's a, but they're, like, making tea and baking <laughs> bread and stuff. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I know, about. but I just it's, thought... I don't know much about it, but I do know there's frogs in it. And then you said smell. And yeah. so then I just think of like a toad. And yeah. There's gross. not a toad in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're getting the mythology mixed. You're thinking of frog and toad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> separate separate entity entirely. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. it that's there. It's a, The main characters are a mole and a rat and a badger and a toad. And I love those characters. Uh, or frog. I'm so sorry. Or is it a toad? I think I ran into this. It's frog. Toad. It is toad. Gagnabbit. <laughs> what are you going to do? Okay. I'm, I got mixed up. Um, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, they're, 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 like, I'm not an animal, but maybe, I don't know, that's a bad example, because part of it is turning these animals into people. What is your initial thought, and then we can say how bad it is? (laughs) Just kidding. But, like, tell us what you're... You're into that unfiltered phase of the night. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, you're just, like, you're just, I want to hear what you're, what you were originally going to say. Well, just, like, it, it I mean, to, to use that terminology, the wind in the will has tricked me into caring for this mole and this rat and this toad, Mm -hmm. and... I want to have tea with them and I want to yeah. talk about poetry that the rat is writing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, which those feelings are relatable, feeling warm and having a good meal and, t- you know, time with good friends and all that. And that's the part of it that's real. But the going underground with a mole and a rat is not necessarily. Right. right. I don't know. No, I see what you're saying. How I bad will was say, that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Everyone watches TV and movies these days. Like, everybody. Except for Glenn Beck. I feel like. So, yeah. don't you talk to people and it's like, that's what their evenings can see. Like, that's what people do a lot yeah. of times. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just thinking of that in, um, why? Yeah. And I think it's because maybe they feel connected to characters. Right. And, like, emotionally and i think i can think of examples of you know people who create things on youtube where sometimes they're talking about this movie i love and sometimes they're talking about video games i have very little interest in video games as a as a whole but i will still watch those videos and be like man what a well made video what a cuz whoever's making the videos they're just good enough at telling these stories hmm. at at sharing these things about sharing how much they care about it, which tricks me into caring about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
again, in the same way that like, I don't really have interest in, in knowing how rockets are made and how Iron Man suits are built, but I watch Iron Man because it's a well-told story and I connect to the character in some way or another. Right. All right. Well, I think, have we run ourselves dry on this topic? I don't know. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Um, just in general? I don't you just know, want just to stretch to it out to an hour? No, we don't have to. Let's oh, okay. not. Let's not. Okay. Or you can if you want. I mean, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Today I was walking around downtown Nashville mm-hmm. and had my ten- Tennessee Nashville Tennessee shirt on. Mm-hmm. And then my Aunt Katie got me a Nashville little backpack. Mm. So then they were the ones visiting, my aunts, <laughs> and they look like normal people. And I look like a tourist <laughs> with my... <laughs> Apparel. Oh, that's funny. It's a little embarrassing, to be honest. So they're the ones that got you a souvenir for living yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. Dimitri Martin has this really funny bit about <laughs> souvenirs are kind of weird. It's like, hey, remember that vacation I went on and you stayed home? Well, here's a tiny little Eiffel Tower to remind you of it. <laughs> I know. When people buy it for other people, it's Yeah. Funny. I get it when, like... Remember that know. awesome trip I had? <laughs> and you weren't And you stayed it? home? Here you go. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. What is the souvenir? What does that mean? It's such a cool word. The name? Among my souvenirs. Souvenir. Definition of meaning. We're going to the Webster definition. Something kept as a reminder as a place. Yeah. So there's nothing else. I just wonder if it came from like what word it came from. Souvenir (laughs) entomology. Turns out entomology. That's not what. That's been say entomology. Souvenir is 1775, a remembrance or memory. Wow. From French, souvenir. Great. But what um, from old French noun, use of souvenir, <laughs> verb, to remember, come to mind. From Latin, subvenir. Subvenir. Hey. <laughs> what? Subvenire. You're right. Come to mind from sub, up from below. <laughs> you're See, sub minus. <laughs> From sub Wenire. to soup? Well, it's Latin. I forgot. <laughs> Subvenire. Yeah. It's a verb, right? In Latin? Yeah. Yeah. From a suffix form of pi. What? How did we get pi <laughs> from wenire? <laughs> Root. Gua. <laughs> to go come. <laughs> Meaning token of remembrance. Memento. But first recorded in 1782. So wait. The Latin root was first recorded in 1782, but the French root was from 1775. <laughs> I'm a confused. Hmm. I'm glad we can Later add, on, add when, to your when, knowledge when today. someone's like, "Hey, what does souvenir mean?" I will be like, "Huh, souvenir comes to mind." <laughs> that because it means that comes to mind. You know, the the root of souvenir, <laughs> souvenir. It's a double meaning. Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> we're, again, yeah, we're getting to that phase of the night where lives just. Unfiltered. It's not even that late. It's, it's like not. 8 it's p.m. Like eight. <laughs> Maybe we watch. Should we watch Jonas? Should we tell the folks about Jonas real quick? We've been watching this TV show Jonas about the Jonas Brothers. We didn't. So we've watched the Camp Rocks. Have we both watched both of them together? Yes. Aiden, I had, Aiden hadn't really watched them. I didn't. So most girls like watch that around like 13 or 14, right? Like when it came out. I didn't know about it until like maybe 17. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were like 13 or 14. Oh, Livy, <laughs> this was like a couple of years. We had already, wow. Even I'm almost 21. It's it's plenty of time. I feel like I can talk about it now sure. and feel like not judged. No, I understand. I'm just I, retroactively. No. If I had known back then. I just then, didn't like have Disney. Like, we, right. I don't know. I didn't watch things like That's that. That's fine. I'm, um, But yeah. But you got super the into Jonas it. Brother, 
Well, I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. Right. Um, and also kind of silly. <laughs> yeah. It's so extravagant. Uh, the first one's better. It is by far. Um, <laughs> um, the first one's better. It's just a side note. They have a TV show that's terrible. It's, terrible. it's like. Though I gotta say, I the pilot know. episode I feel is so much better than any of the subsequent episodes we've seen. I feel like they actually like put thought into the the story beats and like making like making you the think? scenes be. But the big thing, the flow of the first episode is so much better. That like second episode, the Pizza Girl one. There were scenes where I'm like, why are we spending four minutes on yeah. this? I think we've got to How many episodes out. have we seen? Two? I think we've three? seen three. We've seen four if we include the first one in season two. We also randomly oh. jumped to the first one in season two, which is a total to change of that pace. Was like... They're in LA. Joe has a stupid haircut with glasses now. I'm just not a fan. I'm sorry, yeah. Liv. I know you're okay with it, but I'm just not a I fan. I mean, it's it's fine. I'd so much rather like the boy band pop hairstyles for ben, them like than the like this weird... Hipster. hipster i don't yeah. know i just I, don't think it, it just doesn't vibe with their it doesn't music. look yeah it doesn't look quite natural 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 anyway anyway we might watch jonas let's do that let's get some salad and watch jonas that sounds fun yeah well folks sorry this episode was a little rambly do you like broccoli or cauliflower more <laughs> please answer quickly broccoli oh okay oh are you talking about in what context mm. if i have to choose just one it's probably it's probably cauliflower. You're right. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say, say cauliflower. <laughs> Is it broccoli? Yeah, probably. I mean, kind I of, it's don't love broccoli. it raw. But I do love a good cooked broccoli. Broccoli is good raw if you have hummus at the end of it and you're just eating the little florets. So the stems aren't very good raw. I don't know. I don't like broccoli florets. I understand. I'm, I'm okay with that, but I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like it with ranch? I don't really like ranch that much. Whenever there's like a veggie tray with ranch in the middle, I'm like, nah. Really? If it's hummus, I'm That's there. really all I can but eat. Like, I don't really eat raw vegetables. Yeah. Did you know it. that before the invention of ranch, no one had ever eaten a raw vegetable? <laughs> <laughs> That's Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. I had this idea the other day. Oh, I've had it for a while, but I'd reminded of it. You know how musicians will, like, write new stuff, but they'll also sometimes will be, like, cover bands or whatever? Comedians will, like, write new stuff, but you never hear of any, like, cover comedians. So huh. I've thought, like, I kind of want to try and, like, go to a comedy club and be a cover comedian. And be I feel like, like that this is... could deal a lot with a lot of legal stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> think, it, I think I, I would, it would probably have to be one and done thing. Cause it, but I think that would be really fun to walk into a comedy club and be like, this is from Jim Gaffigan's 2006 special, Beyond the Pale. The track <laughs> is called Bacon. Sunny. And then I think Bacon is actually from King Baby. And I think King Baby was okay. Anyway, we're done with that. Thanks for listening to us talk about this fun question yeah. that we thought of. <laughs> and then ramble for the next little bit about other stuff. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Between Takes. Between Takes.